There it is. There's the sound of the bell of round number seven of fight number six, Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ranchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Just ready to talk boxing. That's right. We are here, Rick. Pacific Coast Boxing. The newly United States... Uh, Patent and trademark office. Oh wow! Pacific yeah. Coast Boxing Rec. Yeah, look, look, look good. Look official with the seal. Everything. That's exactly right. We got our official uh, certificate. Yep, with the gold U.S. gold seal from the United States PTO, meaning that the Pacific Coast Boxing name is is now inked. Uh, next comes the logo, which which we actually already have a trademark on. Mm-hmm. Just waiting for a couple things, and we'll get the same certificate. So congratulations in order to us, Rick. Yeah, yeah, no. Definitely. Pacific Coast Boxing, man. Um, round seven, Rick, we had some pretty entertaining fights over the weekend. As as we called, by the way, we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, you know, the Virgil Ortiz. Although I'll tell you what, watching that kid McKinson fight, the yeah. Ortiz fight might have been pretty interesting. No, yeah. yeah McKinson looked really good in, in yeah. his fight. Um, you know, it's definitely a shame uh, that Virgil Ortiz, I think we found out midweek last week, Yep. you know, that he was out. You know, I think first reactions were always oh you know he wasn't going to make weight yeah yeah you know, it did sound like he had a pretty serious you know condition come down yeah and um you know hopefully you know he's able to recover soon and get back in the ring yeah and plus you know there's there's maybe some fighters where maybe that would be questioned uh-huh. but virgil ortiz jr um that's just not who he is no that's not his makeup meaning he's yeah. not going to miss weight right mm-hmm. because of lack of discipline or some other reason where he yeah. just couldn't get ready. I mean, that's just not him. So you know when you when I heard that, right? It's yeah. like, okay, it's got to be something legit. Yeah. That's just not in his makeup from what we've seen. And come on, the guy's headlining a fight, mm-hmm. at, you know, in the, the heart of LA at the Galen Center there where the where the Trojans play basketball. Why would he back out of that fight? Yeah. Not wouldn't be. But, you know, but we got an entertaining fight. I know we're going to talk about it. Um it turned out the way we thought. We had Alex, uh, you know, we had Lex Rocha winning that fight, mm-hmm. which he did. And it was a very entertaining fight. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was a good main event, right, at the, at the end of the day. We'll talk about, you know, what happens next for, for both of the guys and whether or not Lex Rocha is, is a contender. You know, Mannix was saying he's now a contender. Um, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it might be a little premature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, we, had your, uh, you had, we had your Puerto Rican duo. Uh, over the weekend, Rick. Um, I know we'll talk about those guys. To me, one guy impressed, the other guy didn't. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm talking about... Uh, and now, let me tell you something, Rick. You may be a little offended by this, but first of all, um, Zandra Zayas looks phenomenal. No, he looked good. He looked by the good. way, okay. And, and he, fought an, he fought an opponent who had never been knocked down. And, That's right. And, you know, credit to that guy. You know, yeah. he, he took a lot of shots yeah. that I think a lot of people would have been knocked out from, and, and yeah. he kept, you know, he stayed in there. Yeah, and he was very awkward, by the way. Yeah. He, the, he was very awkward. So for Xander Zayas to do what he did, and we'll talk about it, but I'm going to tell you something, Rick. Um, I'm very impressed, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 you know, the late, the, not the late Jesse Ventura, and I'm not easily impressed, yeah. Rick. But I'm going to tell you something. He reminds me, this may take all the wind out of your sails, uh-huh. he reminds me of a young De La Hoya. 
That's oh, what wow. he reminds me of. He yeah. really does. He really yeah. does. He reminds me because you remember, right, De La Hoya in his prime. I'm talking the 135, mm-hmm. De La Hoya 140. He was fast. He could punch. He could box. That's who he reminds me of, man. Yeah, no, no, it's probably a pretty good uh, comparison. You know, it, hopefully the De La Hoya, yeah. you know, before all the running and all the other stuff. See, yeah, we, here we, we go, we here we go. But, yeah, here we go. Um, you know, it definitely looked like the De La Hoya that fought um, I Corte. For sure. Yeah. No, he's very impressive. Yeah. We'll, again, we'll talk about it. But, yeah, got to see him in action. Berlanga, uh, I don't know, man. I guess we'll, we'll save it for the mm-hmm. next segment when we're talking about the fights. Was not as impressive. Yeah. Um, got the Ring magazine, Rick. You had mentioned, of course, right? Christmas came early for me um, on, the, on the cover, right? One of my favorite fighters of all time. Certainly my favorite heavyweight, yeah. L- Larry Holmes. Yeah. The Easton Assassin. Yeah, de- definitely looks like a you know definitely a good cover right there. Yep. You know something something to try to get signed. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, we may get an opportunity right yeah. to see him uh, hopefully in Canastota here yeah. in a few months. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I read it read it cover to cover. Um, you know, just more insight on some of his fights, right? And it just reminds you, um, Larry Holmes, by the way, I mean, arguably, right? Not even arguably. To me, one of the top 10 heavyweights of all time. Yeah. That's without question. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, anytime we talk about fighters, you got to think prime versus prime, yeah. right? Um, yeah. You know, he beat Ali, but Ali was, was obviously, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of his career. Here's an interesting, this could have been like your stat of the week, Rick. Um, Larry Holmes is the only fighter alive to have beaten Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. There you go. He's also the only fighter to have stopped Muhammad Ali, by the yeah. way. Again, albeit it was at the end of uh, you know Ali's career. It wasn't the mm-hmm. Ali in his prime, but it is what it is. Nobody yeah. had ever stopped um, you know Ali up to that point. Um, so here's a couple things on Larry Holmes, Rick. 20, t- 20 title defenses oh, wow. as a heavyweight. Yeah. Right, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I absolutely. Um, of course, he was the sparring partner for both Ollie and Fraser at the same time. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah, which was which was pretty interesting in itself. Probably had the best pure jab, Rick, certainly of any heavyweight that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. man. I mean, just amazing, right? Fighters would say you couldn't see it coming; you could only see when he was pulling the jab back, yeah. right? Um, and Larry Holmes, by the way, all about the money. Right. That was always his deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, why do football players play? You know, because the money, why do baseball players for the money? They asked him one time, they said, hey, if you know, if you could look back at the great heavyweights, who would you like to fight? Right. Who's the one heavyweight that you'd like to fight in your prime to test yourself? Right. And you know what he said, Rick? He said, um, he said, if the money was all the same, he said, whoever would be the easiest fight. (laughs) (laughs) Smart guy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, man. So the guy was uh, when obviously we covered his fight with Jer- with Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney has a, a a forward that he wrote. Right, these two guys were bitter enemies. Now they're best of friends. They mm-hmm. almost had a they almost had a um, like an exhibition here that was uh, cut short because of COVID. Oh, okay. Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. We I don't think we need to see that. No, no, I don't. I don't think we needed to see that at all. But uh, but yeah, good friends. He's actually the one that called because Jerry Cooney basically went into kind of a depression, drinking a lot, and it was Larry Holmes who called him and basically said, "Get your rear end back in the gym." Yeah. You know, start working out. And Cooney said he did, but he didn't stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, good. Um, definitely a good issue of Ring Magazine. Um, it get everything you need to know and more. Here's an interesting thing, right? A last little tidbit. So Larry Holmes, right? So he got most people remember um, the only time he got knocked out, Rick, was against um, was against Larry uh, 
Mike Tyson. Yeah. The only time he got knocked out, right? And again, this is an older Larry Holmes, but it is what it is. That's the one where Tyson said he was avenging Ali, Mm -hmm. right, for what he did to Ali. But after that, um, Holmes still fought 24 times and beats the uh, the merciless one, Ray Mercer. Yeah. An undefeated Ray Mercer. Yeah, in 92. Yeah, Yeah. undefeated. Uh, uh, Mercer had just finished beating, I always call him Tommy Gunn, but Tommy Morrison, Mm -hmm. who was a hot prospect at the time. Yeah. And Holmes beat him. Yeah, no, and then, you know, Holmes went on to, you know, fight for the heavyweight title again against uh, Holyfield. He did, which was a very, very, well, the scorecards weren't that competitive. He almost, uh, the fight against Tim Witherspoon, he fought as well and Mm -hmm. lost. That one was close. Yeah. Only lost by a couple points. So, yeah, easily, you you know, without a doubt, right, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Some people have him right up there, Rick. Some people have him at as high as number three. Yeah. High as number two. He was a tough matchup, you know, and and, and fought, you know, a lot of the best and, um, you know, kind of dominated his his era. Well, he had the, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, he had the jab. He had the Mm -hmm. jab that could be compared to like what Sonny Liston used to have. And it just landed with a thud. It wasn't like a feel or a touch jab. Mm-hmm. It was a jab that was intended to hurt. Yeah. So, all right, all right, Rick. So, yeah, good, good cover there. Um, so we got a lot, a lot of fights to cover, Rick, that are happening. Um, I'll tell you what, man, from a boxing fan's perspective, I mentioned this at the beginning of the year. Once we kind of got past this quarter, the fights that are starting, Rick, in April, mm-hmm. unbelievable week after week, man. Yeah, no, it's every single weekend, you know, it looks like we're getting a, a big fight and, um, you know, just looking forward to these. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, here's a little teaser. Yeah, starting April 9th, you got Triple G and Murata. Mm-hmm. You also got Ryan Garcia squeezed in there. Um, you also got Michaela Mayer in there. Yeah. You got Earl Spence and, and Ugas right after that. Uh, the 23rd, you got Fury and Dillian White. The 30th, Stevenson and Valdez. The thirtieth, also, you got the, the probably the biggest female fight in the history of women's boxing. Maybe Katie yeah. Taylor and Amanda Serrano on April thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Week after that, Canelo and Bivol. The week after that, Charlo and Castano the rematch. The week after that, Gervonta Davis and Roly Romero. And in between there, by the way, are a whole bunch of other fights. Yeah, no, no, no. I it think is it's, nonstop, man. Yeah, I think week after week, you know, we're we're getting a lot of the fights and. You know, not not all of them are pay per view. We're getting some ESPNs, you know. Yep. Uh, Showtimes, you know, DAZN. So, um, you know, looking forward to a lot of these. Fights. Yeah, yeah. Snuck in there, for example, on April 9th, You got Erickson Lubin against mm-hmm. the towering inferno Sebastian Funduro. Yeah, that's a damn good fight. Yeah, that that April 9th, you know, or uh, yeah, April 9th, There's three good cards that that day. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a tough one. The That Lubin fight that I just alluded to, that one's going to be on Showtime. So that's maybe one mm-hmm. that gets recorded or something. But, yeah, all kinds of fights, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot to talk about, a lot going on in the news as usual. Um, but we are in round number seven, Rick. Mm-hmm. So uh, we always talk about a fight that resonates in round seven. I think you got the pull this week, Rick. What do we got? Um, in 2006, we have Vladimir Klitschko knocking out Chris Bird in the seventh round. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, right, because Vladimir Klitschko, um, and by the way, Chris Bird, did he actually win a championship at any point? Um, I, I believe so. I can double-check that, but yeah. um, I feel like he was heavyweight champion at, at some point. Yeah, he may have been. Um, he actually beat uh, Evander Holyfield for the uh, IBF heavyweight yeah. title, Yeah, and then 
he won the uh, WBO yeah. uh, heavyweight title against uh, Vitaly Klitschko. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, um, so he had, I mean, Vladimir Klitschko's um, second reign is really the one that was the longest. Mm-hmm. That's when it went from 2006, essentially, when, when he won the IBF, all the way to 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that reign, right, is where he beat um, Chris Bird with um am- among others right yeah and i think the biggest part of that reign was uh he he was able to work with uh, emmanuel stewart during that time yeah and the other thing rick okay let's let's be honest right it's also the you know the level of competition yeah man. okay when you look at the fighters that he beat okay tell me if any of these guys right yeah. forget about beating homes right um, would even make top i don't know man top top 200 okay yeah calvin brock ray austin Lamont Brewster, you know, um, Sultan Ibrahimov, yeah. Tony Thompson, Hasim Rahman. Yeah, I, I think just the, the 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 issue was before Emmanuel Stewart, he was getting beat by yeah Corey Sanders, Lehman Brewster, yeah, and Ross Purity. Yeah, you know, so you know, I think uh, they worked on his defense, and uh, you know, he did have that suspect chin for for those few years. Yeah, it he did, but it yeah. was just it was kind of. Um, you know, it was quite a kind of a quiet era, I guess, yeah. for for heavyweights, right? Because again, you had Larry Holmes, and then after Larry Holmes, um, really, it was it was a whole bunch of different guys: yeah. Mike Weaver, Pinklin Thomas, Greg Page, and then finally came Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. right? And then after Mike Tyson, you had that same kind of deal: Bone Crusher Smith, uh, Buster Douglas, of course, that beat him, Holly Field, Ray Mercer, Riddick Bowe. We thought mm-hmm. right was going to carry that mantle wasn't disciplined enough and then you had Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Right? Um and then then you know then here came the Klitschko. So there you go. That was round number 7, Rick. Good pull plus good pull considering everything going on in the world right now. We're going to take a quick break, get right back to it, talk about the fights that happened, talk about all the boxing news, Pacific Coast boxing will be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Don't forget, PacificCoastBoxing.com is our website. Everything's updated. Got pictures from events that we attend. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Pat Coast Boxing, Instagram, Pacific Coast Boxing. Um, pretty much uh, email email us directly, counterpunch, at PacificCoastBoxing.com. So before we get to the fights that happened over the weekend, Rick, um, there was an update. We forgot to mention last week, remember the British Boxing Board, right, had an emergency session to talk about the um, the, the the gross, right, uh, the decision regarding Catterall and Taylor, yeah. right, the injustice uh-huh. that happened. And so the result was, um, you know, the poor, the poor judge, Ian John Lewis, uh, he was downgraded, Rick, from an A-star class official to an A-class official. So what what is that a you know yeah, what does probably that mean? takes about ten bucks out of his pocket maybe <laughs> it's huge Rick it's yeah. huge so what it means basically is that that official um, to keep it simple he could no longer um, judge fights where there is a world or a European championship on mm-hmm. the line so he could um, he could judge fights where there is a uh, kind of an area a Commonwealth championship yeah. but nothing to do with the world or european 
He's lost, Rick. He's lost the privilege of judging fights at that level. They said it wasn't so much that he had uh, Taylor winning. It was the margin yeah. that they found offensive. What, what about title eliminators? Is he still good there? He could still do title still, eliminators, okay. Rick. Yeah, he could do title. Very good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. I, I, you know, he, um, I hope he asked that same question, yeah. right, as he was sitting there, you know. But, yes, he could do title. As long as there is not a world or a European championship at stake, Yeah, he could, um, he could judge fights, man. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. The, the, okay, here's the and, oh, and by the way, and they you know they sent a letter or something to the sanctioning bodies, basically um, asking them or basically that you know Jack Catterall needs to be the the mandatory mm-hmm. for any of the next fights at the at the 140 pound division. Yeah. So as, as the Japanese used to tell me, Rick, when I lived there, we'll take it into consideration. Yeah. Which which is a polite way of saying no. Yeah. No. No. It definitely uh, won't happen that way. So, but yeah, but there you go. You you think about that. How many other judges? You know, Adelaide mm-hmm. Bird. I mean, how many judges through the years, right? Yeah. And I don't even know if they have that here in the U.S. As far as an A star class and an A class official, mm-hmm. didn't know there was different tiers of judging, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know it. Uh, you know it would be nice if uh, it was actually legitimate, and you know they that's how it actually all worked out everywhere. Yeah. But so I mean, you know, there's some some accountability. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. Need, needed to follow up on that because it was a big meeting. Yeah. And everybody was anxiously awaiting mm-hmm. what the British boxing board was going to come back with. And so very heavy handed. Yeah, very. Yeah. The the ripple effect that that, that caused. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. You know, that's exactly right. And really right now, if I'm a judge, I'll be like, geez, you know, you thought it was difficult before. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I'm looking around. Yeah. Right. Kind of like, you know, in grade school, you know kids taking a test where you're like peeking at the answers what do you got mm-hmm. what do you got for round two because i want to remain an a star class you yeah. know what i'm saying oh yeah definitely so all right rick we had some fights that happened over the weekend all right so yeah we'll start with the uh the fights at uh, madison square garden theater yeah um you know it was pretty much a puerto rican showcase for top rank yeah um one thing i found interesting i don't know you know i i felt like i watched the last Three fights. Did you see Bob Arum? No, I didn't see which him. I, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, yeah know, that is. You know, yeah. I don't know yeah, that's right. if he was sick, but he wasn't there. But Is the last we saw him at his 90th birthday? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it it, uh, it was just weird because he's usually front and center. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, tallying up the scores, you know, doing things like that. I was going to say is if there's any controversial yeah. parts of the fight, he's there to, to assist. And, and, any uh, replay, yeah. you know, he's there you know, I mean. kind of rewinding the tape. Right. Um, but yeah, didn't see him there. Yeah, it's value. Yeah, um, but uh, Ed- Edgar Berlanga, you know, he won a unanimous decision over Steve Rolls. You know, it just wasn't impressive. You know, I, I found him kind of, kind of slow plotting. You know, it uh, he he definitely needs to improve. You know, before he fights for a world title, because he fights somebody legitimate, he's gonna get hurt. Yeah, Rick, I have three words written down yeah. here, and you already used one of them. I have lethargic, confused, and plotting. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Plotting squared mm-hmm. um, is what we're saying. After you know starting his career with all of those first-round knockouts, yeah. it's kind of fizzling out. Mm-hmm. You know, now is it simply because you know is it the level of competition and the expectations are too high? 
Yeah. Right. So because, you know, it's unrealistic to expect them to go in there and blast everybody out one yeah. round. That that That's not realistic. That doesn't happen. Well, it does if you keep yeah. putting in these, you know, these guys that are going to get knocked out like that. And so you wonder, though, however, is it the level of competition, Rick, or is the work ethic there? Did he kind of start taking things for granted, Rick, and say, you know what? All I got to do is show up. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I'm going to hit these guys. And so, because here's the other thing, he didn't look in great shape to me. No, no, he he seemed really big. Yeah, a little to pudgy. The other guy. Yeah, that's right. And um, it, what seems strange about this telecast, even though, uh, you know, there was no Bob Arum for one. Yeah. But they were very critical of Berlanga. Yeah. You know, when is top rank and yeah. Timothy Bradley and right. and all of them. Yeah. And it seemed like yeah. him and Andre Ward and. Everybody was critical of of Edgar yeah. Berlanga, and so I think it's kind of uh, I think what you're saying is true, and I think they see it as well. Yeah, and I think what they were trying to do, yeah, is throw this criticism out there. Berlanga watches the tape, yeah, and hopefully it motivates him for the next fight. Yeah, that's what's hard about when you start a when you try to springboard somebody that quick, mm-hmm. right? Is you can't help, right? Whether it's a uh, you know the, the the blue chip five star high school athlete, for example, yeah. right? Who's you know getting re- getting um, you know recruited by USC and Alabama and all these great football schools, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing in boxing, right? So much publicity. I mean, look at how he walks around. Yeah. Look at his you know his girlfriend and everything else, right? The dad with the shades. Oh my know? gosh, yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah, we've <laughs> we've got another one on the way. So that's the thing. So it's hard to not believe your own hype. Uh-huh. And then, and out goes the work ethic. That's why I'm saying, like a kid like Virgil Ortiz Jr., mm-hmm. um, that's just that's just different. And that's yeah. why you respect the, the ones that keep it going that are able to sustain that. Mm-hmm. And with this kid, that's what I see. Yeah, right. Is that it was too easy for him up front? Mm-hmm. They were. You know, and and by the way, ESPN is partly to blame too because they're putting him on telecast, right? Mm-hmm. All the propaganda machine, the one, the first round KO star, right? Yep. And they're feeding them these opponents that could be knocked out. And then you step them up in competition. And at that point, you got a bad combination, man. Yeah. And he even said it during the telecast. You know, yeah. that part of it is, you know, he was 16 and 0 with 16 straight first round knockouts. Yeah. At this point of his career, he's 18 and 0. Yeah. And he's only fought 36 rounds. Right. That's you exactly know, right. And, and so, yeah. you know, maybe the, the work isn't there yet. Yeah. You know, and and he needs a few of these fights just to get some rounds in. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it wasn't very impressive. No, I mean, you know, he's and then of course he's not owning it, right? He's blaming yeah. the opponent, Steve mm-hmm. Rolls, and he didn't want to. I thought Steve Rolls fought a good fight. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, he started taking the the middle rounds. Yeah, right. I think he was doing what is he supposed to do? Well, his job is not to stand in front of right. him and get hit. Right, see so how many trade he can take. That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like you're supposed to hit, and not get hit. It's the sweet science, mm-hmm. son. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And on the opposite side, you yeah. Know, Sanders Ias, unanimous decision win. Yeah, looked impressive. You know, and and his opponent, you know, uh, a, a tricky fighter, but he looked good. He's getting better and better, Rick. Mm-hmm. Every single fight, it seems like he's improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm high on Xander Zayas. I said at the beginning, he reminds me of a um, of a really a, a De La Hoya, younger De La Hoya yeah. in his prime. Is is the only fighter that I can think of. Um, because he's a banger, right? Yeah. And so was De La Hoya, right? Young and you know, early in his career, he was there to knock your your block off. Um, beautiful boxer, great footwork, yeah. right? So it's funny, but like they need to start switching who the main eventer is. Yeah. 
No, right? no, and I, and I think it's on its way. You know, the other thing I like to hear is that Xander Zayas, um, you know, I think he's twelve and zero, thirteen and zero at this point. Yeah, but he said he didn't want to fight to, for a world title until till he was like twenty and zero. Yeah, twenty one and zero. Yeah, and so he's not in a rush. He's nineteen years old. Yeah, I think they're bringing him around, um, bringing him. You know, perfectly right now. Yeah, because they're both supposed to fight, right, uh, in Madison Square Garden, uh-huh. I think, for the Puerto Rican, um, what is it? It's their, it's their national holiday, right? Yeah, uh, the Puerto Rican uh, Day, I think it's uh, June 12th. Yeah, so. Yeah. Which, um, which Pacific Coast Boxing is going to try to be there for. Yeah, we the, should. Uh, the parade. Yeah, we absolutely should. Yeah. <laughs> um, if not, we'll be there in spirit, yeah. that's for sure. But, um, yeah, so you think about that, right? Like, if I'm ESPN. I'm swapping those guys. Yeah, I, I'm seriously, I am, and I'm sending a message to to Berlanga saying, "Hey, man, if you don't figure it out, like these fights don't even they don't even that fight didn't even belong on television." Yeah, no, it was it was pretty bad. It just you know it, it uh, yeah, um, you know my wife was sitting next to me and she said this is the boringest fight I've ever seen. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bad performance. Yeah, um. Also this weekend, you know, we had the uh, Golden Boy card, yeah. uh, which I think we were going to make it out there, yeah. you know, before Virgil Ortiz, you know, had to deck out of the fight. Yeah. Um, but uh, the main event, Lexus Rocha, you know, won by knockout in the um, in the eighth, I believe. Yeah. Over over Blair Cobbs. Yeah, it was a good fight. You mm-hmm. know, again, we talked about it. We said this was going to be the fight of the weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, you know, after watching what McKinson did, that would have been really interesting to have seen him. Mm-hmm against Virgil Ortiz Jr. But, you know, all credit to Lex Rocha, right? Loses to uh, Rashidi Alice. Yeah. And I know we got some news on Rashidi Alice, but, you know, the the just listening to the story there, right? La Rocha running every single day in Santa mm-hmm. Ana, you know, constantly questioning himself, what could he do different to a beat Alice? And then at some point he says, hold on a second, I just need to move on. Yeah. Right? And I like, I like the fact that he said that it, it actually helped ease kind of the anxiety and the consternation that a fighter has when you've got that zero on your mm-hmm. record and trying to protect it. Yeah. And I think that he lost it, and then now he's kind of been freed up. Um, so it was a good win for him, right? I mean, here's the thing, though, Rick, okay? Now, let's just reality. Blair Cobbs is not a world-class welterweight. No. Yeah, okay? Um, he, he talks like a world-class He's a world-class propaganda machine. <laughs> yeah. That That much he is. Yeah. But, you know, world-class fighter, and, I mean, you know, he was calling out, uh, um, not calling out, but, yeah, he was trashing Earl Spence Jr., mm-hmm. saying that he's got a drinking problem, right? Yeah. He was trying to get into the main <laughs> event, saying, hey, let him fight McKenzie. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I, and but by the way, I love all that. I think we need more characters. Uh-huh. There's a purity about who he is and kind of how he goes about his business, right? But as a fighter... Very quirky, very unorthodox. He's not world class, man. No, he's he's not even in the top, you know, fifteen no. of, of any sanctioning body no. in, in at the welterweight division. Um, you know, Lex Roche, you know, is, you know, he's, he's towards the, uh, you know, the ten, eleven, twelve ra- range. But um, I, I'm not so sure about that, Rick. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure about that. I think that you know, just because first of all, he he lost convincingly to Rashidi Ellis. No, but I'm saying where they where they have him listed. Oh, where they have him yeah, listed? Where they yes. Have him listed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. No, yes. I, I, Rashidi though. I'm I'm higher on Rashidi. I think Rashidi right. is maybe uh, top six, seven. Yeah. You know, I, I think Rashidi Ellis is up there. No, he is, and so yeah. you're right. Like the uh, the he, Rocha is number eleven. Uh, the IBF yeah. has him at number eleven, right? 
So, you know, but I like the fact that after the fight, Roach was calling out um, Conor Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd see that's that'd be a would great be, fight. Would be a good fight. Right. And um, I just I don't know. See, like this fight to me, mm-hmm. Chris Mannix was saying that, you know, he went from like fringe fighter to legitimate 147 pound contender. Yeah. I don't know about that. To me, I guess you'd have to, you know, ask Chris Mannix and, you know, define what contender is. Yeah. If contender means you think he can contend for a world championship right now, no, he can't. Because Crawford's going to beat him easy. I think Earl Spence Jr. beats him easy, mm-hmm. right? I don't even know if he beats Ugas. So I don't know if he's there, right? Yeah. Um, as far as an elite 147-pound fighter, mm-hmm. right? Is he a good, solid prize fighter? He is, but I would like to see him fight. A Connor Bent. Here's another guy, Rick. How about a Keith Thurman, right? Who came yeah. back after so long, right? Beat one of those guys. Mm-hmm. A and, Josecito Lopez, you and, know, and get yourself in that in that top ten, right? You know, and you know where, yeah, you know people are going to be saying, uh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, it, you know, Virgil Ortiz moves on mm-hmm. because it sounds like now they're looking at you know a different fighter. How about a Michael McKinson? Yeah, yeah, that that would be a good one. McKinson's you know up there in. in you know, the, I think what what sanctioning about is that WBO Ranked number three. has him number three. Yeah, yeah so, so those are the two fighters that he called out. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Beat one of those two guys, and he's knocking on the door to a title fight. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I'm not questioning. Just to be clear, because we're going to get, you know, I am going to get hammered by all these Lex Rocha fans. I'm not saying that you know that he doesn't have the skill set, right? Yeah, or you know the proficiency to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I haven't seen enough. Yeah. Okay, and so I think that if he beats a McKinson or beats a Connor Ben, now he's probably even top five. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but again, but right now, does he beat an Ortiz Junior? Yeah, Th- I don't believe does so. Does he no. beat Does he beat a Jerron Enos? No. I mean, those are the class of the welterweight, right? And then of course I mentioned Spence, uh, you know Crawford, Ugas. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, and you know he's still young. You know, yeah. he, he's at twenty. He's twenty four years old right now. So, yeah. you know, there's there's some some growth uh, that, that that can take place, and uh, he can get to that level. But yeah, we definitely need him to see him fight the McKinsons. You know, a Connor Ben win, I think, would be huge. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to, like I said, I don't, I don't want to rein in on his parade. You mm-hmm. know, enjoy this. It was a great mm-hmm. victory. It was a solid fight. But yeah. we're talking against Blair Cobbs here, man. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to beat. Remember, I said uh, last week, Rick, this was a must win for Lex Roach. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Must win because this was kind of one of those, he's at a decision point, right? In the career, you don't beat a Blair Cobbs and you're pretty much on your way to being, you know, the gatekeeper. Yeah. And just that guy that, that, that hangs around. He didn't. Must win, good win, but uh, now we need to see him step up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Michael McKinson, we I think we mentioned, you know, look good, unanimous decision yeah. victory over um, late replacement, yep. you know, Alex Martin. Yeah. Um, and also on this undercard, I don't know if you got a chance to see this fight, but yeah. Beck the bully. Yeah, you yeah, know, I saw his, that. His return in, yeah. uh, you know, he knocked out his uh, return here. He fought, he, he fought in yeah. uh, in Russia, I think. In Russia, yeah. So yeah, second fight since since the knockout to. Yeah. Um, Rosado. Rosado. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, he knocks out his opponent with, yeah. with the body shot. Yep. Um, and that was, oh, actually, no, um, Regis Progress also fought. That's right. Um, out in Dubai. Yeah. And he won a WBC um, super lightweight eliminator. Yeah. Yeah. So now so now he's in line, right? Yeah. That's, that's the whole deal. Now he's, uh, what are they saying? He's going to fight. Uh, 
um, Jose Zapata. Jose Zapata for the. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming they think it's vacated. The Jose Zapata for the um, vacated. Uh, yeah. Super lightweight title. Yeah, that's exactly right. And depending on where that fight is, mm-hmm. um, the one thing I do know, if it's for a championship. Ian John Lewis can't be one of the judges, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing. De- definitely not. <laughs> yeah. He cannot be one of the judges. Poor guy. Like, how much does it impact financially? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Going from an A star class to, I'm telling you right now, I don't know how it yeah. works over there, but I would lawyer up, man. <laughs> if I'm that guy, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'd be like, why are you coming after me? Right? Uh-huh. After all of the horrible, you know, judging that's gone on through boxing and you come after me? Yeah. Why? Because of the public outrage? Right, because everybody was, you know, the sentimental favorite. You know, Jack Catterall coming out of nowhere didn't win, so somebody's got to do something about it. Well, you know, so let's impact this poor guy's yeah. livelihood. Some somebody's gonna have to take the uh, fall for this. Yeah, but come on, man, you know, <laughs> poor guys. We're gonna make an example out yeah. of him. We, we're degrading you one level. Mm-hmm. And what does he got to do, by the way, Rick, to work up to the A star? You know, yeah. class. Is it is it no complaints for, for a year? or what, yeah. what, what is it? Yeah. And how do they even come up with the names of that, Rick? How do they go, you know, A-star class is the very top, mm-hmm. and then A-class. Huh? Yeah. But, you know, why not just go A, B, C, D? Uh, I think it, it's definitely set up to confuse. That's you what know, I'm that saying. You can't, you know. Right. So in your title, what, you yeah. know, excuse me, sir, but what are you? Yeah, I'm an A-class. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> First class, A-class. Yeah. Poor guy, man. All right, so that's all the fights that took place over the weekend. We're going to talk about the fights that are coming up. And, of course, we got a whole ton of boxing news taking place. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. The uh, United States Patent and Trademark Pacific Coast Boxing, yeah. Rick. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Going to put that thing in a... Uh, probably that needs to go somewhere where it can't turn on fire. Yeah. Probably shouldn't keep it, you know, yeah. in, in the standing eight-count studios here in uh, beautiful Murrieta, California, mm-hmm. where we call our home. Um, all right, Rick. So we got some fights coming up this weekend. Some good cards, too. Yeah. So uh, we'll start with the ESPN card from Las Vegas. Uh, we've got Miguel Burchelt uh, returning yeah. from his knockout loss um, to uh, Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez, and yeah. And then he's fighting uh, Jeremiah Nakathila. Yeah. And um, you know, which, which should be a pretty good fight. Um, lightweights. You know, Burchelt, Burchelt is moving up. Yeah. Um, I think he put it on. You know, not being able to make weight. Yeah, one thirty. So this is at one hundred and thirty-five, huh? Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, and he's fighting uh, his opponent, right? The most named fighter is he lost a uh, got completely blown out by uh, by uh, Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. That that's the one name, but but big time knockout, Rick for uh, for his for Miguel Burchelt's opponent. Um, you know, we talked about right Miguel Burchelt's, um Really, it's his, you know, his first loss was way back in 2014 to a Luis Flores, kind yeah. of an unknown guy. And then, of course, um, Burchell came on the scene. We saw the fight, right? He beats Francisco Vargas at the Fantasy Springs, Rick. We were there. Yeah. What a fight. And then he beats Takashi Mira at the Forum, right? Mm-hmm. Another great fight. Um, beats our guy, Mickey Roman, right? Yeah. 
who, you know, he beats uh, Fernando uh, Francisco Vargas again, who's about to get knocked out against uh, against El Rayo Valenzuela, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> right? Or fortunately, I guess. Um, and then, and then, of course, he loses to Valdez mm-hmm. in somewhat controversial fashion, Rick, because the Ring Magazine, ESPN, nobody acknowledged that Oscar Valdez won that fight, of course, because of the failed VADA drug test, uh-huh. Rick. So this is Burchell's first fight since you know since that. Um, very likable fighter. He was a beast at 130, and mm-hmm. you remember, Rick, going into that fight, he was um, he he was a pretty healthy favorite against Oscar Valdez. Yeah. Right, and then Valdez, you know, pulls off the the upset. Yeah. But of course, questionable. Yeah, I even you know now looking back at it, you know, I even gave it the lock of the week. Yeah, yeah, with Burchell, right? With Burchell. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, that's right. I, I was that sure yeah. that, uh, yeah. you know, he was going to beat Oscar Valdez. Oscar yeah. Valdez had gotten hurt against uh, Adam Lopez. That's right. Um, and in the fight um, after that as well. Yeah. So, you know, definitely going into it, Burchett was, was, was the favorite. It wasn't just you, me. It was everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought this was just an ill-advised decision by Oscar Valdez, right? And we talked about that when it happened, right? Um, I'll say it again. I don't think Oscar Valdez knew, but I think probably somebody in his camp must have known. Yeah. Either way, this is about Miguel Burchell. It's his return fight. Um, he's headlining it. I'm looking forward because he was beat badly, by the way. Yeah. It no, was, no, it, he, it was he, ugly. He took a lot of uh, a lot of punishment in that fight. Yeah. No, exactly right. So El Alacran is back. Um. The guy he's fighting, Rick, is a big time knockout guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, no not a lot of name, right? Opponents, mm-hmm. right? Other than the fact that he lost to Shakur Stevenson um last June in um in a unanimous decision. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but only two losses. That one to Shakur Stevenson and then um 2016 to Evgeny uh Chopperkov. Um so, you know, not a big name, but he's been in there and he's got seventy five percent knockouts. So it's it'll be interesting to see. What kind of form Burchelt is in, man? Yeah, you know, and just looking at the other, um, the other fights. Yep. Um, this weekend, I was going to lock of the week this one. Yeah. But I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. You know, maybe may, maybe Burchelt is done. Yeah, I'd be a little, a little be a little leery yeah, as well. A, a right? little gun shy. I've I've got a different lock of the week for you. Okay. Yeah. Looking so forward I, to it. I was it. going to make it, but no, 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 I can't do it. Okay. Um. Yeah, because by the way, your lock of the week. Didn't exactly come through with a knockout. You had Berlanga by a knockout. Yeah, yeah. It uh, he, he he let me down. Yeah, yeah. he did. Um, and I won't forget it. Yeah, you know, oh, I bet. It, it'll, I bet. Uh, you know, it'll it'll stick in the back of my mind. Yeah, you don't forget. No. Um, also from uh, Leeds, England, on the zone, we've yep. got Kiko Martinez, Josh Warrington. This is their 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 second fight. That's exactly and this right. This is for Martinez's IBF featherweight title. Yeah, when. I called Rick. I call. I called last week's fight against uh, with Alex Rocha and Blair Cobbs. Mm-hmm. I said this is a must win yeah. for Lex Rocha. Right. Same thing here, Rick. This is a must win for Josh Warrington, man. Mm-hmm. Really, this is like the one of those turning point type of fights, right? Here's a guy who, starting in 2018, he beats Lee Selby, split decision, beats Carl Frampton, right? In fact, he blew away Carl Frampton. Mm-hmm. In what was considered an upset at the time, by the way, beats Kid Galahad, who Kiko Martinez knocked out, by the way, right? Knocks out Sofain out. I told you, I had this guy Warrington on a collision course with um, Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah. To me, 
most exciting featherweight. And then he gets KO'd by Mauricio Lara mm-hmm. right after the long COVID layoff. Yeah. And it was nasty, Rick. That mm-hmm. fight, you know, it was it ended in round nine. It should have been done by round four. Yeah. They let him go too long. They have the rematch, and that's the one that ended in the technical. Uh, I think uh, there was a headbutt. Yeah, it was a headbutt. But I'll tell you what, Rick, it wasn't heading any different than the first fight. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, it was the layoff or maybe. So this is a really big fight. Yeah. For Josh Warrington, man. Yeah, no, no. The, you can see um, he definitely needs this one. You know, it. Uh, he he got a split decision, narrow split decision victory over Kiko Martinez the last time. Yep. Uh, definitely needs this fight. Um, if he's able to win this one, then uh, you know, definitely he'll probably go try to get the uh, Lara fight. Yeah, you have to. You know, the the Leeds Warrior Rick, mm. thirty one years old, right? No spring chicken. At this age, and like I said, man, he was my guy. You know, when he yeah. went through that whole streak, I loved when he beat Carl Frampton, the Jackal. Um, I was like, we, we've got, we've got something here. Yeah. And you know, again, coming out of COVID, getting just knocked out. We talk about Burchelt getting knocked out mm-hmm. in devastating, devastating fashion. This guy, man, it was ugly. Yeah. So this is a big fight for and, Warrington. And, and I think that's what makes this weekend, you know, so good. Well, you got Burchelt. Where he got knocked out, and yep. he's got his, you know, his fight. And we want to see how well he does. You know, same thing for uh, Warrington. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And Kiko Martinez, right again, uh, Spaniard. Um, you know, no stranger to knocking people out that he's not supposed to knock out. Right, he knocks out Kid Galahad, knocks yeah. out Noe Regosa. I mean, you know, he's been knocked out. By the way, he got knocked out by Gary mm-hmm. Allen Russell Jr. He's forty three and ten. Rick, okay. Yeah. So definitely, you know, a well-seasoned prize fighter, not a ham and egger. No. You know, this guy's a solid fighter, and you just never know. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a very—they've got um, Josh Warrington comfortably um, as the favorite, Rick. Okay. They got him at like like 80%. Oh, wow. Okay, minus 400, Mm -hmm. which at this point, I don't buy it. Yeah. I think it's going to be closer than that. Yeah, no, no, it could definitely could be, and uh, you know we don't know um, how Warrington's going to be. You know, we we just didn't get a good enough gauge after those two rounds. You know, they yep. fought last, so uh, it, this will be interesting. Yeah, and this one's going to be—is uh, this a zone fight? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be early in the mm-hmm. afternoon, right? Yeah, yeah. I have to check this one out. Um, also, this weekend from Minneapolis, Minnesota, on Showtime, we have Tim Zhu, uh, Terrell. Gausha, yeah, yeah, junior middleweights. You know this. This will be interesting because Tim Zhu, um, generally, you know, he fights and 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 nobody really sees this fight. So this right. will kind of be the first time that's right in America we kind of are able to see yeah him fight. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He's fighting at that 154 mm-hmm. pound. Where I think there's you know you got the Charlo Castano fight right mm-hmm. that's coming up in a in a couple weeks. So and he's been you know basically knocking on the door saying that yeah. he's a legitimate fighter. So we'll see. And he's headlining. Yeah, you know, all the reports have been that, um, you know, he is legit and, yeah. uh, you know, he's not just one of those guys that uh, is using his dad's name. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's definitely up there and all the sanctioning bodies, you know, either one or three. Yep. Um, also this weekend. Oh, actually, you know what? Um, before before that. Yeah. Uh, Tim Zhu will be my lock of the week. Oh, Tim Zhu's the lock Tim, of the week. Tim, okay. Tim Zhu's the lock of the week. Okay. Interesting. Um, I think he, he knocks out Ter- uh, Terrell Gausha. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. go ahead and uh, 
you know, make that the lock of the week. I got you. So, and just so you know, by the way, he's the most heavily favored of all of the main events. Yeah. Just, just a heads up on that. Yeah, he's at he's at minus yeah. one minus one thousand, Rick. Well, it's even worse right now after I locked it the week. Yeah, now it just jumps. So yeah. whoever, yeah, was thinking about putting money, yeah, mm-hmm. about a ninety percent, Rick. Yeah, ninety percent win. So um, also in Dubai, we've got uh, the return of Marcos Maidana. Yeah, uh, he retired about seven years ago, and he's coming back fighting. You know, at middleweight, uh, six rounds in this fight, and then also on this card we have uh, Austin No Doubt Trout. From New Mexico. From New Mexico. Remember that lady we met outside the uh, the Staples Center uh-huh. at the um, Abner Morris and uh, Santa Cruz too. Uh-huh. Remember that? So yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, both, by the way. I mean, why is Maidana fighting, man? And uh, at yeah. 160 pounds. See, and, and, and here's <laughs> the problem: is he he retired at 31. Yeah. You know. He, yeah. He, he shouldn't have waited this long to come back. You yeah. Know, if if he was. Uh, and he ballooned up in weight, by the way. Oh, big time, yeah, big he, time. He, 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 was, was like, he was up in the 200s. Yeah, big time. So, yeah, oh, you know, hopefully, you know, everything's good. And, yeah. you know, it, it, maybe hopefully it's just a one-off. I think it's going to depend. Obviously, yeah. there's always the financial side to it, Rick. The one thing, um, you know, we, we opened up the show talking about Larry Holmes being on the cover of, um, of The Ring magazine mm-hmm. and about how Larry Holmes was, you know, a prize fighter in every sense of the word. I mean, he was there to fight for money. Um, he was Larry Holmes, one of the rare fighters, Rick, who took care and invested money, yeah. and still have all, still has all of his faculties, and he always makes that a point. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, right, you've got guys like this, like Madonna. Why else would he be coming back to fight? Yeah, that's the only reason. So, and uh, that's it for the fights for, this, for the weekend. All right, Rick, let's take a quick break. We've got boxing news, got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, Jamal Charlo talking about David Benavides doesn't belong at a super middleweight. He should be fighting at light heavyweight. Um, I think he even mentioned cruiserweight. Just a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. We got Triple G in the news, Golden Boy, Shocker, some legal stuff. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. We got a lot of stuff going on in the world of boxing, Rick. Let's get to it. Yeah, so we'll start with uh, what looked like midweek. We, we were going to have a Lomachenko, George Cambosis fight for uh, June 5th. Um, he was, Lomachenko was gi- uh, given permission from the Ukraine government to leave and start training. Um, but just today, you know, he decided against it. He's going to stay. Yeah. So now it looks like it's going to be Cambosis, De- uh, Devin Haney. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I know Kambosis is, you know, basically sending a message to uh, Lomachenko saying, hey, don't worry, you're still next after uh-huh. I take care of Haney. And and I tell you what, man, um, I, I think he could be right. Yeah. I, I would have him slightly favored over Haney, just based what I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, in Devin Haney's last couple fights. Yeah, and, and you know, the fights are going to be in Australia. You know, yeah. You get the home. Yeah. Um, you can't say home court advantage, but... Uh, you know, he's probably going to be ahead two rounds before they even start. Yeah, it's it's possible, and I give Haney, yeah, I give Haney a lot of credit for going there. But um, yeah, I mean JoJo Diaz, and then of course uh, El Nino de Oro. I know his mm-hmm. nickname more than I remember his Jorge name, Linares. Jorge Linares. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I think um, I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you know nothing but respect, of course, to what Lomachenko has to do. Yeah, and um, but on the boxing side of the house. I, I I do favor Cambosos, but we'll see. Yeah. 
no. And, um, you know, Showtime has uh, put out their uh, spring-summer schedule. Yeah. Um, some fights that we, we hadn't talked about uh, yet. But, uh, you know, the uh, Stephen Fulton Jr. Yeah. Uh, Danny Roman. Yeah, finally. You know, for, for June 4th. Um, the, the only part of this fight I don't like. Yeah. It's going to be in Minnesota. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, that's uh is he from there? Is Fulton from Minnesota? Fulton's from Philadelphia. He's a Philly fighter. Yeah, so that's odd how that yeah, that the, area got the fight. The armory up there, you know, that's Oh, that's where right. Have it. Yeah. That's right. You know what? Um I think that Denny Roman would go anywhere yeah. to fight Rick. He mm-hmm. he'd fight on a on a barge out at sea yeah. if it meant getting a title fight. So you know, this is a guy. If there's, we've talked about it. If there's anybody who deserves a title fight, it's him. Mm-hmm. He's done everything he's supposed to. You know, narrowly lost to Murjdan Akhmadyalev, who refused to give him a rematch. Yeah. And so, this is good. Yeah, no, no, this is great for him. And, yeah. Um, you know, really looking forward to it, and 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 hope he he does well in this fight. Yeah. Um, June eighteenth. You know, mm-hmm. we've been getting talk of uh, Jamar Charlo and. Um, Jaime Munguia, yeah, you know, for for this date, um, he's gonna fight um, Masayev Suleki, yeah, you know, and um, you know, first reaction is who, right, you right, know, but um, <laughs> you know, this tends to be the what Jamal, Jamal Charlo does, yeah. is, is fight these guys that you know people have uh, never heard of, right, um, and I was reading a stat that uh, you know he hasn't fought any world champion since 2017, well. He's fought fighters that had a championship belt, yeah. right? But at the time he fought them, they weren't champions. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify, yeah, right. It just you know, yeah. but but I, but I but I hear what you're saying, yeah. right? I hear what you're saying. Now you know, uh, Masiev Suleki, he's ranked number sixth mm-hmm. in the WBC. Um, don't get me started again with all the sanctioning bodies, Rick. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Jaime Munguia sitting there at number one. That's who he's supposed to fight. Yeah. If he doesn't fight him, then he should fight the next guy. Who, by the way, I, don't, I have no idea how Carlos Adamas is ranked number two. <laughs> in, you know, but but whatever. Yeah. But but that's kind of how it's supposed to go. Yeah, right. It's just one of those. You know, Suleki. You know, he fought Daniel Jacobs, lost. Yeah, he fought Demetrius Andrade and lost. Yeah, you know. So so why are we fighting this guy? He's going to lose this fight as well. Yeah, this isn't going to prove anything. No, and it's just another one of those fights where you know. I'm going to beat this guy and then hopefully, yeah. you know, Canelo changes his mind and fights me eventually. Yeah. And he's going to say that he's trying to fight everybody, uh-huh. but they're not allowing it and all this other stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and also the, you know, the last new fight from uh, their schedule. Yeah. Uh, Mark McSayo yeah. versus Ray Vargas for the yeah. WBC Featherweight World Championship. And this one will be July 9th. Yeah, that's a good fight. No, it's a good fight. That's a really good fight. Mike Sayo, of course, just beat uh, Gary Russell Jr., mm-hmm. which was nice to see. And see, here you go, right? So, so in, in you know, on one weight division, right, they're having number one fight number, whatever Suleki is, I said number six. Yeah. But then down in 126, Mike Sayo's fighting the number one contender, Ray Vargas. Yeah, way well, it should be. Right. He should yeah. be fighting, you know, to, to stay in form, Satoshi Shimizu, who's yeah. number six <laughs> ranked WBC featherweight. Yeah. Right. Yes, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you just kind of completely skip over everybody else. Right. Um, also, we've got um, Sergey Kovalev. Yeah. Um, he's going to fight. The Crusher. The Crusher, the return. He's, yeah. So he's going to fight uh, May 14th. Yeah. Uh, Triller pay-per-view. Uh, he's going to fight uh, Tremel Pulev. 
Yeah. And then also on this card is uh, Evan Holyfield, Evander's son. Yeah. And all three Fernando Vargas sons are going to fight on this one, card. One well. of his sons, right? No, all three. No, no, I'm talking oh, about uh, Ava- Co- yeah, Co- one of Holyfield. Yeah. yeah, he's got quite a few, uh-huh. doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He's even got like 21 kids or something like uh-huh. that, right? Yeah. As many kids, I think, as he has in title fights or something. Um, all right, but back to your point. Yeah, so the crusher, right? Mm-hmm. Is he fighting, Rick? Can't be fighting at light heavyweight. No, I, I 175. Believe it's, yeah, I believe it's one one division up. So cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and yeah, this is interesting. And he hasn't fought right mm. since losing to to Ward. Am I wrong? No, no, to Canelo. To Canelo. Sorry. Yeah. yeah to, to boy, am I way off? Yes. Yeah. That and that was it, right? It's the last yeah. time we've seen him. Yeah, the last time we've seen him, it, it, it's been a few years. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he's he's going to be fighting in that one. See what he has left. Yeah. You know. See now that's somebody right that's a little different than Madonna mm-hmm. because you know it's it's somewhat somewhat recent right yeah you know it's it's not a seven year layoff um, no it was 2019 yeah. when he fought Canelo Alvarez and before that you know I was watching the fight actually they were showing it on TV against Anthony Yarde yeah. and then he beat you know leader Alvarez um, after losing to Alvarez he beat him in the rematch but yeah I mean so it's been three years mm-hmm. right that's not that's not too bad no. And I'm surprised he's fighting here in uh, in Southern California. Yeah, no, I think it. Uh, you know, maybe Triller has something to do with it, but yeah. um, you know, also too, if you put the the uh, Fernando Vargas's three kids on there, that's true. You know, you're gonna have that LA Oxnard. You're yeah, that's get a true. Lot of, that's true. The Mexican fan base is gonna show up. All all three sons. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rashidi Ellis, yeah, you know, and and Golden Boy going back and forth. Yeah, you know this this week, Golden Boy came out and said he was offered. Uh, the Virgil Ortiz fight, he turned it down. Yeah. Uh, Rashidi Ellis, you know, says that that's a lie. Yeah. And, um, you know, Rashidi Ellis was also commenting after the uh, Alexis Rocha fight that there's different levels to this yeah. you know, in boxing. Yeah. And that, um, you know, sure, everybody's talking about Alexis Rocha, but yeah. uh, I beat Alexis Rocha. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing, right, is that the way it's turned out, right, Rashidi Ellis, we said when this happened, right, we said mm-hmm. – when when Golden Boy put Rocha and Rashidi Alice, right, they were essentially putting two of their two of their top two of their prospect uh, welterweights. Yeah. Outside of of course Virgil Ortiz Jr., who I think you know everyone recognized as being like on a different level than those two guys, yeah. right? But this was kind of an eliminator fight, right? Mm-hmm. Within the Golden Boy stable to see okay who's next, right? Rashidi Alice wins that fight convincingly, by the yeah. way. And so you think, okay, here we go, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I'm Rashidi Ellis's manager, I don't want the Virgil Ortiz fight. Yeah. Why do I got to fight Virgil Ortiz, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's other welterweights that he can fight to make a name, like Conor Ben, mm-hmm. right? Like McKinson, right? So, um, so they benched him, essentially, Yeah. right? And by the way, this is the thing with boxing. We don't know that, right? It's mm-hmm. a he said, she said. So Golden Boy says, hey, we offered him the Virgil Ortiz fight. Let's say they did, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't know the specifics of that. Yeah. The money meaning. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was garbage. Yeah, maybe it was, you know, who's making a sixth of what uh, Virgil Ortiz was going to be making. And right. He's like, there's no way. Right. And exactly. And so if I'm, you know, Rashidi Alice, I'm like, okay, so what? So you're going to give me peanuts to fight Ortiz. And if I win, now what? Yeah. What, what happens from there? And if I lose, what happens? Right, mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. No, no, you, you gotta, you know, there's, there's always two sides, and uh, you know, the one thing I think we can agree on is we want to see Rashidi Ellis back in the ring, and um, you know, 
I think I think he's underrated in this division. He is very underrated, Rick. That's the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. After you know, after beating uh, Rocha the way the way that he did, right? Um, and this was here's the thing. This was back in 2020, late in 2020. Yeah. So he's going a year, you know, in, in five months now, year and a half now, since uh, since we've seen Rashidi Ellis. Yeah, I think we were at that fight, by the way. No, yeah, right at the at, at the Fantasy Springs. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate, man. Because he's that's the thing, right? Is that fight, like I said, it was kind of a, a springboard of who's next. He wins, so he's in line for that next one. And by the way, yeah. way too easy for Golden Boy to put Ellis and Virgil Ortiz Jr. Yeah. Like, come on, like that's the only guy <laughs> that he can fight is Ortiz Jr., right? The cream of the crop. Yeah. What is he? 18 and 0, 18 knockouts, right? Give me a break. Yeah. Right? Does Ortiz get that treatment? Yeah, and I and I don't even think you know it, it, it makes good business for Golden Boy. No, you know, say Rashidi pulls off the upset, right? You know they're in a bad spot. That's what I'm saying. It's a great point, Rick. Is like it's just it does, the fight doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why do I want to put? This is when they need to take um, when he needs to take a page out of the PBC playbook. Mm-hmm. Does Heyman do that? Yeah. Is, is he pitting you know Jamal Charlo and, and Benavides? No, no, because he knows no matter what, he's going to end up on the losing on the wrong side with one of those guys. Uh-huh. So it's just a bad move all the way around yeah. if that's what they were trying to do. But he needs to keep them busy. You mean there's after beating Rocha, there's no other he- uh, uh, welterweight out there yeah. that they can pit their guy against. I was even thinking, you know, um, you know, I know it's super late notice. But, yeah, you know. If Rashidi would hit him to training, yeah. you know, throw him in there against McKinson. Right. You know, I right. don't know if he would have taken that fight, but yeah. that's also another good fight. You've yep. got an undefeated yep. Michael McKinson. That's right. Undefeated Rashidi Ellis. Right. And let's see how it goes. And not as big a risk, right? Yeah. Let's be honest with Michael McKinson. Even though he looked impressive mm-hmm. and the and he's ranked number three in the WBO, not as big a risk. So yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Put him in there against somebody like that. Yeah. Um, also, with the Golden Boy news, we uh, Triple G has uh, sued Golden Boy this week for $3 million, yeah. stemming from the 2018 fight where he said he didn't get all of his money. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, not, not a good look for Golden Boy, no. right? We were talking about that. You know, you got that going on. You had the whole deal with, uh, you know, with Canelo, right? Yeah. Um, lawsuits left and right there. And, and, you know, De La Hoya saying, well, he's suing the zone, not us, right? So either way, not a good look. Yeah, doesn't seem to matter. De La Hoya can still buy his girlfriend uh, a Ferrari for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Now, um, in good Golden Boy news, <laughs> yeah, we finally have a couple of uh, Fantasy Springs dates. I know we've been yeah that's looking awesome. forward to these. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, April twenty first. Yeah, and uh, May twelfth. I you know I miss those fights. Not the closest for us here, Rick. Uh-huh. But I think we both agree we love the venue. Yeah, love the venue. That's one of those that, quite honestly, right, doesn't matter where you're sitting. Uh-huh. The fights are up and close. The concession stands, beverages, everything is just right there. Yeah. Zero right? security and there's never any fights. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. No, that's exactly yeah. right. Right. The, the fans are everybody. It's just uh-huh. a good good venue to watch yeah. fights. No, yeah, definitely. And I think you had a couple of things for the news. Or did we already get them? I think we covered them okay. already. I think we covered them. Well, the one thing, the one thing, right, was Charlo talking about uh, David Benavides. Mm-hmm. Um being more of a light heavyweight and that he's got no business in the super middleweight division. I thought that's kind of interesting because it's almost like, what does it matter? Yeah. Rick. So if a guy can make weight at 168, Mm -hmm. right. And utilize that to his advantage and, and use his power. Like since when is that a bad thing? 
Yeah, no, I think at, at 168, right? Benavides is, is one of the bigger guys. Right. You know, and, um, you know, you put him in the one 175, he's not bigger than Peter Biev, you know. No. He's not bigger than Bivol. Not only yeah. in height, but, ju- but just kind of like in size. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I don't I don't get it. It's like, hey, listen, if he can make 168, why why does he get penalized for that? Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, no. If he if he can make it, you know, um, you know, boxing is a is a sport of, you know, using your advantages to, That's to right. the fullest. And and everything, right? Yeah. So if he now again, obviously, you know, how did he lose the title cuz he mm-hmm. couldn't make weight, right? But at the end of the day, he's still fighting at 168. Yeah. He's fighting David Lemieux here in a little bit. That's his prerogative. Yeah. It's like, Charlo, you worry about, again, you know, what you were saying earlier, fight somebody of, of note yeah. before you start calling out other people. I don't get it. Now, at some point, if David Benavides continues to fill out, because he's still young, yeah. then maybe he's at 175. But right now, he's he's a beast at 168, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, um, I don't think Canelo's afraid of Benavides, yeah. but I do believe, right, more so that this is the guy that can pose a threat and, and he because also, of his size. Yeah, Benavides recently came out and said they offered uh, Canelo $55 million to fight him. Right. And he didn't do it. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, but kind of makes sense, though, you know, yeah. from the height advantage, you yeah. know, it... Uh, it's not going to be an easy fight for Canelo. No, it won't. And and again, right? And this is you know David Benavides' own doing. He doesn't have a title. Yeah. And so you know Canelo right now is all about title and legacy, mm-hmm. etc. And he's talking about well, you guys fight each other, mm-hmm. and he's right, right? Yeah. He's right. But but again, Benavides can't control that. No. He'd love to fight Charlo. No. And I, he would fight Charlo. And I, and I think that's the hard part is is uh, I think Benavides would be all for like some kind of tournament where yeah. you know you put Plant in there, you know, that's you right. put Charlo in there. And um, you have some kind of tournament to see yeah. who next year gets you that's know, right. Canelo. That's right. That's right. No, that's, you're exactly right. If there's one guy who'd yeah. be willing to do that, it'd be Benavides. Yeah. But, yeah, that was my little tidbit, Rick. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, that'll wrap it up for the news. We'll come back and wrap up the podcast with the stat of the week. Can't wait to hear it. We'll be right back. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick, everybody's favorite. I know it's mine. Stat of the week. So for this week, we have um, Instagram followers. Uh, which current or previous or former boxers have the highest Instagram following? And I was always under the assumption that it was Ryan Garcia. Yeah, with like eight, 8 million followers or something. 8.7 million followers, yeah, yeah. and he is fifth on the list. Wow. So look at you, Rick, getting yeah. you know into this generation, the social uh-huh. media. Uh-huh. Wow. So the highest Instagram followers. Now, you just to clarify, you said earlier, it could be past or current. Yeah. So we, you've already established Ryan Garcia's number five. Number five. Okay. So I'm thinking popular previous fighters. What about Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson's at number two oh. with 17.9 million fo- uh, followers. Okay. So I got that one. Yeah. Um, Okay, is the number one guy uh, an active or a previous? Uh, a previous. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. See, to me, I thought Tyson would be number one. Uh-huh. Um, not Julio Cesar Chavez. No. And, and, He's and, not a social media and, guy. And number one has 27.8 million followers. No kidding. Yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard doesn't have that many. No. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Give, I, I, I give think, me the weight division, I think when Rick. You, I think when you know it, yeah. when, you, when you figure it out, you'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. Give me the weight division that he fought when he was in his prime. 
I would say 135, 140. 135, 140? This is when I consider him in the prime. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay, Mayweather? Mayweather. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, we got Mayweather at number one. Yeah. Um, number three and four are both active. Yeah. Uh, one with 13.5 million followers. Yeah. Which, and the other one, 12.7 million followers. Both not Americans. Okay. Give them to me, Rick. Who are they? Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Number three with yeah. 13.5 mil. So he must yeah. be really huge in the UK. He is. No, yeah. he is. I mean, and obviously he should. Yeah. So that's his advantage is he's got that side and then he's got the space over here in the US. Yeah. And then um, fourth, on, fourth on the list, Canelo Alvarez. Canelo. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. With Fury, Fury's got to be top 10, I would think. But 12.7 that... for Canelo. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow, but Mayweather number one, number one, huh? Wow. Pretty interesting, right, that yeah. he, he remains that relevant, yeah. right? Well, you know, but if you think about it over the last, I mean, when did he fight McGregor? It was within, was it five years ago now? It's a bit more than that. It seems like five years ago. But so, but Instagram was already out back uh-huh. then, right? So that that helped, right? He, he does a lot of traveling. You know, he posts, yeah. the, you know, a lot of, um, you know, him in Dubai, yeah. him, him going here, and then, yeah. yeah, the pictures with all the, you know, all the stacks of cash, right, and, right. So he does have a lot of followers. Unbelievable, Rick. All right, that's a good stat of the week, Rick. We went a little social media, a little, yeah. a little non-boxing, non-squared circle type of numbers, Rick. I like it. All right, Rick. Another thing I like: fights coming up this weekend. Some real good ones. We got Miguel Burchell back in action. We got, I'm telling you, watch the Josh Warrington and Kiko Martinez. That one's going to be interesting. What does Josh Warrington have left? And then, of course, we got Tim Zhu headlining his own fight on Showtime. We actually get to see it. Normally, I feel like his fights are a lot of in Australia, right? Yeah. And they're that, you know, odd time where we don't get to see it. This one's prime time. That'll do it for round number seven. I'll see you next week, Rick. Yeah, see you next week.